Welcome to the wonderful world of dance, bringing you exclusive interviews with top dancers and choreographers and reviews of the world's best companies across the globe. You can find lots more on our website at thewonderfulworldofdance.com. Hi, this is Savannah Saunders and this is the third part in our mini-series with Elmhurst Ballet School in the UK. Already we've spoken with the school's artistic director, Robert Parker, who was a former principal dancer with the Birmingham Royal Ballet. We also talked with Hamish Scott, the winner of bronze at this year's Jeanne Ballet competition, which was held in Sydney. Today, in our final part, we're talking with Elmhurst graduate Lydia Holt. Thanks for joining us today, Lydia. Hi. Hi. So, Lydia, tell us, when did you start dancing? And oh, where, gosh. Yeah, and what made you take up ballet? Well, I mean, as a girl, I think I started how many of us do in just at like the local school and I did it with all my friends and it was a really fun class. So we got to wear pretty skirts and dance around like fairies. Um, from there, I think I actually, I remember my mum telling me I used to get frustrated with girls when they used to mess around and take too long to put their shoes on. So from there, I think mum was like, okay, fine, let's keep, let's give us something else to keep her busy. And I started to, in just a local school in where I'm from, in Sirencester in the Cotswolds. And I started ballet classes and modern classes and tap classes. Um, probably when I was about five, it really kind of kicked off for real. And from there, it's just been more and more and more. And then ballet kind of became the front runner. And from there, I joined Elmhurst when I was 12. And I've been in full time ever since. And has it always been your dream to become a professional dancer, a, a ballerina? Um, I think so. I mean, it sounds corny, but I feel like I've never wanted to do anything else. It's always, it's, it's never a question of, you know, what else it has always been that. And it's, it has felt very natural. And I think that's kind of what makes me trust and that I want to do it is because there's nothing really else I'm equally as passionate about. And when you were auditioning for Elmhurst at the age of 12, what was that experience like for you? Well, it was tough, actually, because funnily enough, I didn't get in in 11. I was in doing junior associates with the Royal Ballet and all the rest of my friends got in. And I was absolutely gutted because I had my heart set on Elmhurst. And so I went away for a year. And then I auditioned again to go at 12 and I got in. And of course, that was even more rewarding because I you know, got the rejection initially. So I felt even more, I appreciated getting in even more. Um, so, it, you know, it taught me rejection from an early age, but it was it was the beginning of such a great journey. And like I look back and I, I am so grateful that it happened when it did because it's it's got me to where I am now. And it sounds like quite an adult perspective for an 11-year-old to have. <laughs> really, you know, most 11-year-olds don't you know, have this massive aspiration to get in somewhere, to audition, all their friends get in, get rejected, go away for a year and, and try again. Mm. Do you think it's the ballet training you've had has helped give you that maturity? Yeah, definitely. I think it's funny. Even at that age, I remember struggling with my friends because I don't think they understood like why I cared so much and mm. what all it was taking me away from school. And it was always just so big. And it was something that obviously they didn't relate to. Um, and but definitely. And, you know, from an early age, you're treated like a professional. And you know that time is really of the essence as a dancer because our careers are so short. So there is kind of no hanging around. And I think you know from then till now it definitely has made me more mature 
and yeah, beyond my years and even like at this age 19 I got friends who are at university and they're just in a completely different place to who I am and but it's you know I think that is it's a good quality I think and I, I'm glad I got that from the training. Absolutely so tell us about your years at Elmhurst. Um, wow. I mean, from being that, I mean, I, I owe so much to the school. I, I joined when I was 12. I've grown up. They've nurtured me and done everything I, you know, f- created me, not only as a dancer, but as a, as an individual, as a person. Um, it's, it is, it's, again, it sounds corny, but it is a, it is a family. You know, mm. the girls I'm surrounded with now, we've grown up together since we were 11, 12, and we've seen each other, you know, become these people that we are. And we've got, you know, we, we are such a family. Um, it's obviously, it's difficult because, you know, we do our studies and we do everything else and we try to be like normal teenagers as well, but ballet is the focus and it is the drive and it is the, the central aspect of everything we do. Um, so it's, it's, it's good though, because obviously I'm surrounded do, I do understand what I'm going through and do get it, you know, even mm. I don't come from dancing parents. So it's nice to have be surrounded in an environment where people actually do understand and can sympathize and and can relate to me so that is great and it is such a great school and it's I've had so many happy years there and it's it's fun you know it's fun being at boarding school and it was I've got yeah more, so many happy memories from being there. And what was the greatest challenge do you think during your vocational years studying at Elmhurst? Oof I think personally I've really struggled with kind of believing in myself and and not letting myself get too like agitated and frustrated Mm -hmm. I think that's been a real problem of mine is I'm very impatient so when I see everyone else you know progress and I'm like god wow she can do that and he can do that and I work hard and I try to do that for myself I think that's a problem I've definitely faced is is being patient and not getting frustrated and just appreciating where I am I've been able to kind of get used to that and try and manage that with the help of my teachers and them saying you know reassuring me that I'm in the right place but also you know telling me their experience and saying you know I I was exactly the same I felt like I was not improving but I was working hard but you've just got to trust in what you're doing and I think obviously still I'm still impatient (laughs) and it's still a problem I do struggle with but I think I've it's you know it's a it's what I've got to learn how to do I've got to manage it and got to be able to appreciate where what I'm doing and just know that whatever I am doing is enough to where I should be and looking back at your time at Elmhurst what have been some of your greatest moments or what you've loved the most or felt that you got the most out of your training Ah, wow. Um, I think definitely last year there was, we have a solo competition every year. And um, when I was in my second year of sixth form, so I was 18, no, 17, I um, won the solo competition. Uh, That was a really great moment, I think, because I chose to do a very unusual solo by Kenneth Macmillan. And, you know, everyone else was doing fairies and beautiful variations and everyone, you know, looked lovely and they were more traditional variations. But I chose to this really unusual one and I chose it because it was obviously... I felt like it suited me and I think to kind of take a risk because it's not everyone's cup of tea but actually Mm. for it to pay off was really rewarding and and you know encouraged me and made me believe in myself and think you know it's okay to be different actually it's okay to do an unusual solo because there will be people out there who like an unusual solo so I definitely felt that kind of 
cheered me on and also like I was saying when I get frustrated about you know if I'm not going anywhere having one win makes you just it makes you think okay you know we're in a good place carry on it does it does pay off so that was a really great moment and also to give you that confidence that you were talking about being challenging believing in yourself yeah totally and it was and you know we have external judges come in luckily enough they're dancers from Birmingham Ballet so they're very impressive individuals themselves and for them just to you know say that that was good (laughs) was 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 like oh you know earth shattering it was amazing it just felt like oh my gosh I've done it that's something you can tick the box just relax Lydia you're in the right place just carry on (laughs) so really it was rewarding and Elmhurst have a a, a summer performance um, yeah is this something this is something you were quite instrumental in is that right yeah so we've doing lots of stuff at the moment with um our summer sh- our summer show in july and luckily enough we've had the such an amazing opportunity to work with david bintley and he's choreographing on us this year on my year group i mean that is just not only like to get an external choreographer and choreograph on you for a premiere is an amazing opportunity but david bintley like a you know artistic director of the leading global company it's an honor and he comes in and he you know he works with us just like we're anybody else it's it's such a privilege and we're in learning that at the moment and that should be something really amazing when it comes to it i mean already in rehearsals it's getting more and more exciting because seeing how he works and seeing the vision be created you know when he's working with me and what i'm doing but also when i see what he's produced on other dancers that's really amazing and you're coming so you've great you're about to graduate is that right yes in july in july and this is where you leave your leave the comforts of your ballet school and 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 head off into the the professional dance world yeah you've been out auditioning Mm -hmm. tell us about that experience um it is tough actually i mean everyone there's only so much everyone has a different audition experience and lots of people are lucky enough oh i went on my first audition oh i got it or even don't even go to an audition and get scouted from school others you have to do loads and loads and loads so it's difficult to kind of prepare for it because Mm. you know you never know how it's going to go um but it is difficult and it's actually more difficult than i thought it would be and it's not rejection I think you can deal with and I think like I've, you know, I've dealt with it in the past so it's it's okay with the rejection but I think it's it's hurt, it's getting the motivation after the fifth or sixth audition mm. to still believe in yourself I think that has proved very challenging and I think again it's only one of those things that you uh, any it's a very personal obviously and everyone experiences it differently and again I think I have some sometimes let it get the better of me and really felt very despondent and not good about myself but I, it is it's what you've got to do and and there is a lot of people who can relate and understand and say you know what it feels like nothing is going to work but it will um and again patience <laughs> patience 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 so I think it is difficult and obviously it, it will end eventually, touch wood, but mm-hmm. it has proved very challenging. And in terms of your f- desires for the future, um, are there particular companies that you would love to be able to dance with or particular choreographers that you would really want to work with? Um I, I'm quite a tall dancer, so I really enjoy doing kind of more unusual work and especially like neoclassical and more contemporary ballet. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy that and I feel like it suits me better. So I would love, oh my days, I would love the opportunity to work with William Forsyth. Mm-hmm. I absolutely adore his work and have learned some of the repertoire before and just felt 
it felt not it doesn't I don't even know what it looks like but it felt amazing to dance and I think that you know that's what it's all about is how mm. it makes you feel and I I love it so much and he does work in Europe which is great yeah there is um some amazing companies in the states I know Pacific Northwest Ballet in Seattle is a brilliant company and they yeah. have such a varied repertoire of of such interesting interesting work and really you know bring it into the 21st century and all their dances are just beautiful such dynamic like virtuous dances and I think you know that's inspiring enough there are some great companies out in America as well and as a, a 19 year old thinking about your career uh, and careers are short but with all these companies how do you feel that the future of dance is changing or how you see things from your perspective perhaps wanting them to be slightly different or mm. you know what does that look like for you um obviously like you know I've said I'm, I'm a taller dancer already and I mm. think everyone is difficult because again I think there's you know it's got more of a stereotype more of a tradition of smaller petite dances so I think I think that is a challenge I have faced already but I think along those lines I think varied body image would be an amazing improvement I <laughs> as time goes on and, mm -hmm. and it being more accepting to different shapes and sizes rather than people trying to fit the same mold because yeah. you know it's and I know it's that's that is the nature of it and you wouldn't and I wouldn't want to change it but I feel that can be difficult especially on such young individuals and especially on you know young girls it can be it's sometimes a bit damaging mm. um but along you know with changing times it would be great to bring some you know I am a fan of neoclassical and in contemporary ballet and I think the more new works that are being produced at the moment you know at the Royal Ballet you have some great premieres with uh, Wayne McGregor and Liam Scarlett mm -hmm. and I think it's amazing seeing new work being produced that is a bit a bit different and a that isn't maybe just classical music which I think sometimes I mean I enjoy that anyway but sometimes maybe the general public don't connect with that as much mm. so to bring it to a wider audience maybe that would be something that would change but actually I think it's already going that way already you see lots of different you know it's the choreographies are getting more varied and it's getting more important to be a versatile dancer because it's changing so it, it looks promising I think <laughs> yeah absolutely the versatility and we talked uh, mm. with Robert Parker about the versatility that is required now of dancers to be able to you know, perform the yeah. pure classical and the neoclassical and the contemporary dance yeah within within that how have you found that challenging or rewarding or if that's been your case yeah, um, definitely challenging. You know, at Elmhurst, we're lucky enough to have lots of different classes. We have jazz and we have flamenco and we have contemporary. And especially something like jazz where it's all have to be bent knees and low to the ground. Obviously, you know, you have your jumps as well, but predominantly it's on bent knees. I mean, our teacher, he's used to, you know, we're always reminded, keep down, everyone down, because we're naturally like up on our toes and straight legs. So it can be definitely challenging to kind of break what you've been told and, you know, turn in and contemporary and things like that. But I, I, I enjoy it, particularly we've got great teachers at the school and it's, it is, I find it rewarding and, and healthy, I think, to get a different influence and kind of almost switch off a little bit from time to time time of you know always being t thinking the same thing so I think you know moving in different ways is really good and I definitely can see it bring like I see the benefits of it in being versatile as a dancer even if it is the the, cl the most classical piece I think a versatile dancer would perform it with just a different 
approach that actually it does look better and i think it is yeah being versatile is becoming worth more and more and more at the moment and looking forward have you always had a dream of a certain role or that you would love one day to perhaps uh, dance is it oh goodness me um Oh, wow. <laughs> I think probably back to William Forsyth. Okay. I learned some of his repertoire at summer school I was at. It was um, his, for a piece called Second Detail. And it was just so dynamic and so exciting. And I you know, watched it on other dancers and it brought a smile to my face because just how electrifying it was. And then again, I don't know what it looked on me, looked like on me, but just to dance it was incredible. And it just felt so exciting and so... Uh, you know I was at the edge of my seat you know just watching it and I think something pieces his work just is mind-blowing yeah I, I'm a huge fan as well yeah. and uh, I, I saw the Netherlands sorry the Dutch oh, yeah. the Dutch national uh, perform his pieces which was just incredible yeah, just bet. incredible I, I have to say yeah I'm a, I'm a huge fan of, of, mm. of both choreographer and company mm. um so tell me how I, how do you stay motivated as you say you know, the auditioning process is quite emotionally um yeah, cha emotionally challenging uh, no doubt I bet it's very physically challenging as well mm. but yeah how do you find that motivation to continue um I have I'm very lucky I've got a very supportive family who mm -hmm. I think you know in my depths say you know remember why you started remember why where this all came from I think it's very it's very easy to lose perspective and get lost in just the challenges that you're facing day to day in in a sort of bubble and I think it's it's very important to remember the bigger picture which is actually you is to dance professionally and I think remembering that it's bigger than this it's bigger than that little audition it's bigger than solo that you can't quite perfect it that I think is motivation and I, I guess just to enjoy myself you know everyone yeah. wants to find something happy and I know that I find happiness in dancing so I guess it's just remembering that I'm fighting for my own happiness and, and I'm willing to fight for that because you know it's worth it. I speak to a, a lot of dancers and though particularly a lot who go on to either being choreographers or artistic directors mm. and it is interesting actually when you talk to them about their experience um, moving into the professional world there is never that well, very rarely just that straight, um, perfect career trajectory yeah. that they've all faced really immense challenges. Yeah, definitely. Um, sometimes they get into a company that they've loved or wanted to work with, got there and thought, oh, my goodness, this isn't for me. Mm -hmm. Or they've had to move, um, live on the other side of the world, someone they love. You know, there's mm -hmm. always this really interesting journey. And I think each dancer has their own journey. Yeah. And... Uh, Within that journey, though, like you say, trying, making sure that you are focusing on what makes you happy. And what what is it that you love the most about dancing? Um, I, I love the music, for starters. I love the rhythm and feeling, you know, we always, it's punctual, you know, you mm. have to be doing something or, you know, doing something on the, on the time or be somewhere on the right time. Um, but I also, especially with ballet, I love the discipline, which is unusual, I think, because I think that can be the thing that drives people most, you know, crazy. But I love that it is difficult and that it's and it's of such a fine, high quality. And and, and the fact that it is so like sacred and it's so classical and, and not old, but it comes it's comes with such a rich heritage. And I think that's so amazing to be 
be able to analyze and and understand and I you know I learn so much every day and I don't think I'll ever stop learning about you know how to do things what feels better like my own body my own dancing and yeah I love I love the the discipline and, and the technique and the tiny bits of it that make it almost hard to get right again that sounds strange mm. because that's what makes it that's what brings heartache but actually it makes it so rewarding when it does work and I think that's that's what you fight for is getting it right and when it's challenging it makes it more worthwhile and and seeing such technicians and such great dancers makes you know inspires you and and brings so much like fire and I think that is it's exciting and and I just I also I just think moving like (laughs) moving and, and and I I'm quite athletic I quite enjoy doing you know fitness and other physical stuff so I also like how athletic it is and and it's challenging and it pushes your body and you're really you know you can throw yourself around at times and just feel you know not like a not like a human because you're twisted and um distorted I think that's really interesting and it is like invigorating as well and dance is becoming more and more popular I think social media has exploded the popularity of dance we now see it on Mm. on tv and we've got you know the BBC Young Dancer being broadcast um how you know you're 19 how how do you think digital technologies and social media is impacting dance or have you experienced that at all are you on Instagram Snapchat um I definitely think obviously it it's a good thing that lots of ballet dancers are so beautiful mm-hmm. you know they're incredibly graceful and you know obviously having amazing bodies and uh have a natural way about them so obviously they you know photograph very well and whether that's on instagram or it's in you know the pages of vogue and i think those images are very exciting and elegant and i think you know can be perfect for like high fashion and things like that and can be so topical um but also like you say i think with technology alongside more contemporary choreography bringing technology whether it's you know something symbolic like mobile phones and like how much we use them or whether it's just you know new technologies like lights and music and using you know electronic music as opposed to classical Mm. instruments things like that can be more relatable and can spread across social media i think more smoothly than a classical music with a tutu and I think that's really exciting when it gets when it blends and and has and it moves really well um obviously what's really nice and I think is can you know increase the spread of ballet is is the ballet dancers themselves when when they're reminded and when they remind people that they are just normal individuals and they do normal things you know you really funny videos online whether it's dances on travel agents and airports or whether they're doing you know the mannequin challenge or things you know silly like light-hearted things but I think people don't expect that from ballet dancers because it is such a disciplined art that when it does happen I feel like it makes it more relatable for the general public and therefore it's it's funnier because you don't expect it and I think little things like that have is a great benefit of social media because it brings it and it shares and it reminds people that we are individuals as well yeah absolutely I couldn't couldn't agree more (laughs) so thinking about as you say you know it's a short career but it's also a long time as a a dancer have you given any thought to what would be your as I like to call it the second act you know (laughs) um have you have you thought about what you might like to do once you've come off stage um, I think that's very definitely good calling it a second act because at the moment it does seem like it's it's difficult to imagine it is 
anything else actually right now obviously it's my entire focus in my entire world yeah um i think that's what i think that's why i like calling it the second act yeah that makes sense yeah yeah. um i'm split between i i did geography and biology a levels and i'm very interested in you know in geography and in how the world works and traveling and i think obviously I, you know, I haven't seen much of the world and I'd love to be able to explore more of the world. don't know if that's actually so much of a career and also, you know, how possible something like that would be. But definitely, I think I enjoyed biology and I enjoyed definitely looking at the sports science side of work. And I think I actually, you know, understood more of my body and and learning my biology a level from my dancing and I understood how things worked a little bit better so maybe going into something like physiotherapy and nutrition and Mm. things working with athletes would be really interesting I think I've always really enjoyed watching things like the Olympics and stuff like that and seeing seeing this different side of sport and seeing how they work and like I said I think you know dance is athletic it definitely is and I I would call myself an athlete and definitely I think all dancers are and to work on that side I think would be really interesting and try and almost blend it across to ballet Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask as well is there a particular dancer that you really aspire to be like oh wow (laughs) um Dusty Button, who's mm. in Boston Ballet. Obviously, Absolutely. I think mean, she's a big name. Uh, when I was younger, actually, I got the opportunity. I was picked when I was a junior associate to dance with Birmingham Royal Ballet to act as a child in their Mozart Tiana production. And she had just graduated from the Royal Ballet School, I think, at this point, and joined Birmingham Royal Ballet. And I remember I was about 10 or something and just being in awe of her mm-hmm. and being absolutely shocked. But she was also so lovely. I mean, she must have only probably been 19, 20. And she was so lovely and so funny. And then, but God, she was gorgeous and she had amazing legs and feet. And I wasn't, I think I only found her on Instagram a couple of years ago. And I mean, I knew she'd left the company. Mm. But then seeing her on Instagram and her, her videos are, I'm sure everyone knows her yeah. videos. She's huge on Instagram. And she is amazing and, and really such a beautiful dancer. And again, dynamic and 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 virtuous and, and versatile, really, really versatile. I think, again, she's a very great example of a 21st century dancer and she's quite tall as well which is really inspiring I think for me yeah and the 21st century dancer that you mentioned there what does that mean to you um I think it it means someone who is aware of the times I think aware of what's going on around them whether it's like political or economic or you know not just you know in inverted commas a bunhead you know Mm. is aware of what else is going on and actually especially someone who utilizes it who uses instagram and you know uses those different platforms that are so major in today's life as a benefit and brings it into today's world to make ballet more relatable and really spread the message i think that's a that's a good pioneer i think of ballet someone who can show the world what we are on a on a on a platform that's acceptable and I think and obtainable Mm. and you know seeing the different sides of a dancer as well that we're not just you know little creatures that live in the ballet studio yeah absolutely my final question to you Lydia is what advice would you give to uh, a younger aspiring potentially you know full-time ballet student uh, thinking about a career perhaps either with Elmhurst um, for training or a future career what advice would you give to someone younger 
Um, I think from like my own my own experiences, I think you have to want it. You have to really, really want it. And I think you know, I I know I I have come. I know I want to be a ballet dancer. I know I love it, and I really, really struggle. And I I can't imagine, and I feel so awful for the dancers maybe who don't love it but mm-hmm. still do it because there's no way I think I could continue if I didn't love it because it is challenging. And yeah. I think. Ex- expect difficulty I think do not expect that it will be light expect the difficulty and expect the sacrifices you know the little tiny small ones not the big ones and and just but I think also believe and have confidence that it definitely definitely is worth it it definitely is and I think it's such an, a rare and interesting life and I think it's definitely exciting and I'm really glad that I've had such an opportunity to get to where I am just experience it to this point well we wish you all the best for the future and we, we would love to have you come back and when you've joined a company and talk, <laughs> talk to us about your your experience of, of yeah, a new, of a new company so that we can sort of follow your journey um, as as you as you grow and and graduate and Great. for listeners if you want to check out more about Elmhurst, you can visit their website and check out their social media, uh, elmhurstdance.co.uk. And, well, this is the final installment of our mini-series on Elmhurst, and we'll be following the school and the students with interest. Thanks so much, Lydia. Don't forget to subscribe. We've got some incredible interviews coming up with principal ballerinas and renowned choreographers. We love dance and ballet, and we hope you'll love us. Join us on Facebook and Twitter.